Good evening, and welcome to the Dreary Midnight Podcast. My name is Lisa, my pronouns are she, they. My name is Celeste, my pronouns are she, her. And this is set to release the day after Christmas, so for those of you who celebrate, uh, Merry Christmas to y'all. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, Happy Tuesday. <laughs> and uh, what are we talking about tonight, Celeste? Tonight we are talking about Krampus. <laughs> Let's get into it. Intro music. Intro music. Okay. I'm sure you know everything there is to know about Krampus. So, thing is... I know he exists, I just don't know too much beyond that. Um, Okay. Which is kind of wild given the kind of jobs that you and I have. Yeah, Um, I would think that this would be like kind of a a moot point for you. Yeah. But (laughs) anyway, I am excited to learn. Um, Krampus is a very popular, becoming a very popular name uh, in the Christmas winter sphere, uh, especially for people like us who are into spooky things. Yeah. But for those who don't know, Krampus is a Central European legend. So think Germany, Austria, and other Alpine cultures. Okay. Okay. So Krampus is a half goat, half demon, who okay. punishes children at Christmas time. <laughs> so okay. since this is set to release after Christmas, all uh, of the listeners have thankfully survived. Um, uh, hopefully. Krampus. And. <laughs> Uh, if not, let us know, and we are very sorry for your loss. Um. <laughs> um, so, the name Krampus actually comes from the German war German word Krampen, which means claw. Okay. Uh, which kind of is a, a, an indicator of what this man, what this guy, look like looks like. He's a companion to Saint Nicholas. So Saint Nick. He rewards good children with gifts and treats like uh, oranges, dried fruit, walnuts, chocolate, you know, cute little things like that. Meanwhile, Krampus is his counterpart who punishes misbehaving children. So according to the German tradition, St. Nicholas comes on December 6th, actually, and Krampus comes on December 5th, which is Krampus night. Krampusnacht, which is Krampus night. So he comes by along with St. Nicholas, which I think we all know kind of how St. Nick looks, you know, very regal looking, beard, uh, lots of cozy robes, Okay, you know? Yeah. Um, Wait, are we talking about uh, Santa St. Nick, like the Coca-Cola from invention or saint nicholas the guy from turkey with a long beard and long robes we're talking like a middle ground okay (laughs) (laughs) where long beards and long robes then there's krampus okay (laughs) so i suppose is none of those things he his physical appearance is meant to be frightening okay so um oh and it's german so it's i'm not gonna sleep tonight (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna sleep tonight frightening so, he is a, like I said before, he's a half goat, half demon. Um, so, he has long pointed horns, often like a goat's horns, often depicted like goat's horns where they kind of curl behind yeah. him. Yeah. He has a mangled, deranged face, always looks so kind. Okay. <laughs> With the, that, that sarcasm. 
He has a long pointed tongue, sharp teeth, and fangs. His body is covered in coarse, shaggy fur that can be white, black, or reddish brown. Uh, he has claws, like his name implies. He walks on two legs, and he has hooved feet. Okay. Uh, he's often dressed in chains and bells and carries a bunch of birch rods or a horsehair whip alongside with a large sack or basket. Is he going to kidnap the children? <laughs> <laughs> well, well. Um, first of all, since you don't seem to be as familiar with Krampus as I assumed, I'm going to send, show you images of him. Okay. I have a couple pulled up, but I'm going to pull up a couple more. Also, there was a movie that came out. Did you hear yeah. about that? So, it... It's going to be a lot of fun. One sec. <laughs> I, I just, like I said, I assumed you knew more about it. So now I'm looking at this and being like, they are going to have the time of their life. There's a lot of crying children in these. Okay. And I will put all of these on the uh, Instagram. So here's our first image. This is... The tamest of them all. The a creature with brown fur carrying a child in a bucket. Mm-hmm. Well, the other children run away in the background. Okay. Okay. Then there's this one. Okay. The children are in the bucket screaming. Yeah. Um, he has his little switch. And of... uh, that tongue is wearing me the most. <laughs> uh, it's a very long tongue. goes all yeah. the way to his chest. Yeah. Uh, here's another one. Does it? <laughs> Two, and somehow I'm even more concerned <laughs> about the tongue. Um, <laughs> even though they're they're on look a rocking horse. Yeah. Look at these. Look at, look at how she she's just chilling. There's one kid who's screaming and getting put in the basket. And she's like, Her, I don't care about his, this. Presumably child next to me. his sister yeah. is saying, Well, I just got fruit from Saint Nick, so I'm yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, Goodbye, brother. <laughs> given the ages, like, yeah, that tracks. Uh, I don't know. And our last one, which I find the most disturbing, they gave him a very human-looking face. And still the, the tongue, which makes that even more disconcerting. Yeah. And, yeah, that's okay. These kids do not look concerned enough. Yes. Honestly. Insufficient concern from all of these people. Wait, this child on. is chained up, and she's yeah, just, just ha- like cha- okay. hanging out. Yep. Okay, but the chains are also attached to Krampus's hands. Yes, okay. I will explain that in a bit. All right. So, now that you have kind of a idea of what we're working with, right? Okay. <laughs> so, um, like I said, he's dressed in chains and bells, and carries birch rods um, or a whip and a large sack or basket. So he uses the birch rods to swat naughty children. Okay. Um, and for those, like, he, you know, that's his punishment. He chases them around and he hits them with sticks. For those particularly evil or unlucky, um, Krampus puts the children in his basket and he carries them away. Okay. <laughs> so no one knows exactly where these kidnapped children go. But the consensus is either they get eaten by Krampus or he drags them off to literal hell. Huh. <laughs> You can see how this is a a method to get children to behave throughout the year. Yeah. Because if you're nice, you get dried oranges and fruit. And if you're not nice, you get dragged to literal hell. (laughs) Good grief. Yeah. Um, Also, this is just a cute little thing that I learned. 
it's customary to offer Krampus um, schnapps, which is a strong distilled fruit brandy. Like, okay. you know how people leave you, yeah. stuff for St. For, for, uh, Nick? Yeah. Like, oh my God. you can leave schnapps out for Krampus. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, I mean, okay. <laughs> it's important. So now that's, ba- that's the basic, like, rules of Krampus. Okay. Now, I want to note that he is not seen necessarily as an evil creature. He is literally St. Nicholas's counterpart. So it's not that he and St. Nicholas are fighting or anything. St. Nicholas brings him along Uh, in order to, instead of getting a lump of coal, you get... Dragged off to hell, I guess. Well, most of the time (laughs) you just get swatted with some birch Uh, rods. So it's a good consequences, bad consequences kind of thing. Yes. Um, So he's not necessarily an evil character, and he's kind of just something that goes alongside the season. Okay. He's not, he never preys on innocence children okay only on children who are misbehaving and bad or acting bad you know because there's no thing as a bad kid but like acting uh in a way that is undesirable so it was literally like the boogeyman type thing okay yeah oh it's the boogeyman for don't act this way rather than don't go to the spooky forest full of things that will eat you exactly okay so Krampus is just there to dole out the punishments for those kids who deserve said punishments. Okay. Now, th- so like I said, he will never prey on innocent kids. That's probably why those kids were in the uh, paintings were just kind of chilling. Because uh, they were like, this is I ain't got nothing to worry about. I've done this week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got nothing to worry about. I got a bowl of fruit. <laughs> like Krampus ain't coming for me. So um, even though... It started off, so he did start off um, as really not seen as a necessarily evil thing, more like a necessity. According to legend, he Krampus actually originated as the son of Hel, the Norse goddess of the underworld. Okay. And I think if you look at uh, the son of Hel, uh, there's a lot of similarities with Krampus. So okay. there's theories that that's where he originated. All right. Um, but that was the pre-Christian version. And obviously, there have been Christian influences. Yeah. Uh, because, of course, there's Christian influences and in everything. Um, so now, he... I can't guarantee that he didn't already look like that. But he definitely evokes the image of the devil. Yeah. Now, in the yeah. post-Christian um, like world. And so, you mentioned the chains. Okay. The chains... Are not part of his original design. Okay. It's not part of the pre-Christian design. They appeared once there was a Christianization of Krampus. So, fun fact, uh, early Christians tried to stamp out Krampus as a pagan tradition, which makes okay. sense. Yeah. Um, but then, it I think it only stayed stamped out for either like four months or four years. Either way, it was a very short time. Uh, and people speak, yeah. still, like, spoke about it and celebrated it, just, yeah. like, in secret. Yeah. Um, and eventually it was just kind of like, okay, fine, we can we can talk about this in public again. But there were some changes that came along with that, including the chains. Okay. So, there's, the theory is that since now it's, post, it's post-Christian, he's more associated with the devil and, you know all that evil dragging them to hell kind of stuff. Okay. Not his mom, presumably. Yeah, <laughs> not his mom. Yeah. So, 
being associated with the devil means that he loses his agency. So now instead of being like a companion to St. Nicholas, he's more like a slave or a servant. Mm. And St. Nicholas, who is the quote-unquote good one, mm. is like dragging him along because... So now it's the, the chains are there as like a symbol of submissiveness. Okay. Because you don't want to give the devil or a devil-adjacent uh, being the same respect... An agency that you would give a saint. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 So that's why the chains are there. They were not originally there. So <laughs> so then in this modern version, Krampus is more like a servant of this, e and he's doing these evil deeds. as That wasn't his original intent. Okay. Krampus is still a figure that is seen, a popular figure in, like, Germany, Austria, and those Alpine cultures, mm -hmm. as well as in America. Um, I'm sure, like, you might have heard about it, obviously. So there's traditional parades and also um, something called the Krampus Run, okay. which is Krampuslauf. Krampuslauf? Okay. I'm just guessing. Neither of us studied German. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, during the Krampus Run, it's it's like a parade... Or sometimes they have it during parades um, where men will, young men usually, men will dress up as Krampus and they'll attempt to scare the audience of the parade. So they'll okay. go around are with they their... Like, are they in the middle of the parade row and then going up to the sides or are they emerging from the crowd and then joining the parade? I'm sure it's it's different in either way. Like, okay. both of those contexts sound cool. Yeah. I was thinking more like the first one. Okay. Where they're, like, part of it and they're, yeah. like, scaring people. Yeah. <laughs> but then I like the idea of the second one where it's, like, now we emerge from the crowd. <laughs> yeah. Like, the devils that we are. <laughs> yeah. That sounds dope yeah. as hell. But yeah, um, so in, in, in places that have more Germanic uh, populations in America... You might see um, yeah. Krampus also. Okay, so that unlocked uh, a memory that is sort of adjacent. But, okay. Uh, so last year, oh, there's one in LA. Ah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but last year, uh, my nephew was two years old, right? And yes. uh, we had family in town for the holidays, and um, we hadn't actually gone downtown to DC to the official Christmas tree. Um, and families in town, uh, my brother and sister-in-law and the kids all came up. There were people there who were dressed up, uh, just to have fun with it. And a surprising number of people who were dressed up as yetis, like with wearing a Santa suit and like a furry mask situation. And, um... They might have been Krampus-y Yeah. Yeah, beings. they were very much... It was very much more in, like, an anime movie of <laughs> uh, Yeti, uh, rather than anything meant to be horrific, right? Yeah, okay. Um, but my nephew, again, two at the time, gets ahead a little bit and, like, starts waving at them. Because, you know, he's two, yeah. he's adorable. And one of them hands him a little rubber duck. And... Um, apparently for the next six weeks, that was his hyper-focus. Is Yetis the rubber and, duck? And Yetis and rubber ducks. Ah! Like, like, he was talking about it all the time. Uh, <laughs> he, aw, he gave him his first hyper-focus. <laughs> yeah. How cute. His first hyper-fixation. Yeah. That's adorable. <laughs> That's basically Krampus, but that would be a very short episode. Yeah. So, thankfully for us... There's a lot of related figures that are similar to Krampus, 
uh, that came up on the Wikipedia page. Okay. <laughs> so I am not going to go over all these figures because that would be way too long. If you have the time and the desire, yeah. you can go on the wiki and you can click through all of these figure these folkloric uh, creatures. However, we are just going to cover a handful. Okay. So, right off the bat, the first two figures that they said were related to Krampus. And when I say related, I mean they are other countries or cultures equivalent or of similar the, enough to the yeah. uh it's the end of the gift giving year and uh you if you're bad these are your negative consequences instead of getting getting a gift you're getting this person yeah or entity okay so right off the bat um on related figures we have a couple that i have already talked about in our wild hunt episode oh yeah so we have uh neck God, I can't pronounce. Necht, Necht, Rupert, Net Rupert. I don't know how to say it. It, it, it it's the guy that was Saint Nicholas's sidekick in Germany. Okay. Uh, he first appeared with, uh, in written sources in the 17th century and describes as wearing a black or brown robe with a pointed hood. Uh, sometimes walking with a limp, carrying a long staff and a bag of ashes, okay. um, and occasionally wearing little bells on his clothes. Similarity to Krampus. Uh, sometimes he rides on a white horse, which is why he was part of the wild hunt. And sometimes he's accompanied by, uh, fairies. So, he is basically, uh, his similarities with Krampus is that he is a, another, I guess, attendant to St. Nicholas. And he assists him in doling out his punishments or his, um, rewards. Because in some cultures, St. Nicholas does hand out his own punishments, like the lump of coal thing, okay. right? Yeah. Um, another figure is Berkta, who we talked about yeah. in the Wild Hunt episode. What she had, she was the upholder of cultural taboos in uh, Bavarian-Austrian culture. Uh, said to roam the countryside at midwinter and to enter homes during the 12 days of Christmas, especially Twelfth Night. And she was the one that uh, if the children and young servants of the household had behaved well and worked hard, she would reward them with a silver coin. But if they hadn't, she would slit their bellies open, remove their stomach and guts oh, yeah. and stuff yeah, the yeah. hole with straw. Remember? <laughs> Remember her? Yeah. What a lovely, you're a lovely old woman. Yeah. <laughs> so Absolutely. Anyway. If you yeah. want to hear more about those figures, you can listen to the, the, the Wild, Wild Hunt Hunter episode. episode. Um, and now these are figures that we have not yet touched yeah. on. All right. So, we have Belsnickel. Okay. Belsnickel. Um, also, I have pictures. So, uh, I'll show you after. So, Belsnickel is a crotchety, fur-clad uh, Christmas gift bringer figure in the folklore of southwestern Germany. Uh, he's also preserved in Pennsylvania Dutch communities and Brazilian German communities, which I thought was fun because cool. people yeah. going to new countries. <laughs> <laughs> um, Belsnickel may have been based on a, on the Necht Rupert character. Okay. Um, but he doesn't accompany St. Nicholas. Instead, he visits alone and he combines both the threatening and the benign, benign aspects Um in which other traditions are divided between St. Nicholas. This is what I'm saying. Like, some cultures, yeah. they are, like, two figures. 
Oh, this yeah. one, he does both the giving of gifts and the giving of some cultures, punishes. Yeah. Punishments. Some, some cultures have, uh, it depends on how many consequences you want. <laughs> yeah. And different figures for each. Okay. So he is a man wearing furs, sometimes with a mask, um, sometimes with a long tongue. Okay. He's typically very ragged. Uh, and disheveled. He wears torn, tattered, and dirty clothes, and he carries a switch in his hand. Okay. And he uses that switch to beat naughty children. But he also has pockets full of cakes, candies, and nuts for good children. Okay. Um, so here, let me show you a picture of him. It's a, it's a, it's a man in I... a raggedy coat with a whip. And... He's given a little bit of Hagrid energy. Yeah, he is. He is given yeah. a little bit of Hagrid energy. This is actually interesting. So I, it says there's a first-hand 19th century account of the Beltsnickel tradition in Allegheny County, Maryland. So this was actually found in a collection of essays by Jacob Brown, who was born in 1824. He was writing of a period of like around 1830 because he was a kid. So Brown says we did not hear of Santa Claus. Instead, they had Beltsnickel. So this is a quote. He was known as Christnickel, Beltsnickel, and sometimes as the Christmas woman. Children then only not only saw the mysterious person, but felt him, or rather his stripes, upon their backs with his switch. Hmm. The annual visitor would make his appearance some hours after dark, thoroughly disguised, especially the face, which would sometimes be covered with a hideously ugly fez, generally uh, worn a female garb. Hence the name Christmas Woman. Sometimes it would be a veritable woman, but with a masculine force in action. Hmm. He or she would be equipped with an ample sack about the shoulders filled with cakes, nuts, and fruits, and a long hazel switch which was supposed to have some kind of charm in it as well as a sting. Hmm. One hand would scatter the goodies upon the floor, and then the scramble would begin by the delighted children, and the other hand would ply the switch upon the backs of the excited youngsters. Who would not show a wince, but had it been parental discipline, there would have been screams to reach a long distance. End quote. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, imagine growing up in America, and instead of hearing about St. Nicholas, uh, hearing about Santa, you hear about, um, yeah, there's this guy, or this yeah. figure, I guess. It's like, this figure that doesn't even have gender. It's just an entity that comes and gives you like treats but also whips you if you're bad <laughs> so that was a bell snickle so in polish folklore we have the toron i know that i'm pronouncing that cor- incorrectly because there's a an, like a accent on the n and i don't know how to pronounce that because the only n accent i know how to pronounce is the anya mm. but that's not that so the turon turon in is a festive monstrosity okay in the form of a black horned and shaggy animal with a flopping jaw okay so generally there's a person who plays the toron uh he covers himself or covered i'm sure this is still a a polish tradition if any if you're from poland or if you uh are in a polish family let me know if you guys still do this dreary midnight podcast at (laughs) gmail.com so uh the person that plays the toron covers himself with a cloth sheet or sheepskin, holding a wooden pole in front of him, topped with a bull's head with a flopping jaw, horns, uh, sometimes real ones, sometimes wooden ones. 
and the head covered with a rabbit skin or some other animal skin. So it's basically like a puppeteering kind of situation. Hmm. I have a picture as well. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So it's like, it looks like a, an animal head come to life, basically. Okay. The Toron walks hunched over um, or is led on a rope. And I guess there's a group of carolers. It's a caroler group that is leading the Toron. And whenever the caroler group enters a house, the Toron jumps around, dancing and neighing like a donkey. Okay. Um, it's especially fond of playing tricks uh, on women, whom he chases around the house, provokes, and sometimes hits with the jaw mechanic. Okay. Um, during the carol singing, the Turon claps its, his jaws at the rhythm of the song and rings the bell on his neck. And whenever the Turon becomes unbearable for the household and his family, they sing, the householder and his family, um, they sing a song to banish it. Okay. Which loosely translates as, go on, go now, Turin, go home. Don't you bother any more souls. Here is not a place you live. This is not the place you shall sleep. Okay. Um, yeah. And after the song, the householder gives the carolers a uh, get out of here ransom. <laughs> okay. In the form of money and a gift from the pantry. And then the carolers think, them for the treats and they go to the next house okay it's so it's like trick-or-treating except at christmas exactly okay. it's like trick-or-treating meets caroling and y- yeah because you s- it's like a exchange of gifts yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which right. i think is such a fun yeah and weird tradition yeah so good on you poland all that right was, that sounds fun yeah then there is the dead moros Dead Moros. Uh, see, I put everything either with an English accent or Spanish accent because I don't know how to speak yeah. any language other than those. But this is a Russian uh, figure. Okay. So he is similar to St. Nicholas, and the literal translation of Dead Moros is father, Grandfather Frost. So uh, in East Slavic cultures, he's accompanied by a snow maiden who is his granddaughter and helper. Um, I don't know how to pronounce her name, so I'm not even going to try. She wears a long silver blue robe and a furry cap or snowflake-like crown. Uh, He predates Christianity as a Slavic wizard of winter. It's Kosha the Deathless? Or adjacent to Kosha the Deathless? Uh, It's like Snigra... Never mind. I want to do an entire episode on Kosha the Deathless at some point, but... Because Kosha the Deathless is wild. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, okay. that's anyway. a tangent for another day. So, uh, Dead Moros predates Christianity as a okay. Slavic wizard of winter. Um, and according to some sources, Dead Moros began as a snow demon. Oh. However, this was before um, the Christianity of, like, the term demon. Like, the this is before the Christianity aspect when the term demon didn't have a negative connotation. Oh, it's more in the Greek daimon spirit situation. So, yeah. similarly to Krampus in that there was a pre-Christian and post-Christian version okay. of these figures. Okay. I don't have that much on him, but I just want to shout out the Russian version. Okay. Uh, because, once again, he seems to be kind of like a... St. Nicholas type figure where he does the things by himself. Okay. And he has a companion, except this time the companion is a woman. Okay. 
there is also a creature in the Japanese folklore. This is the Namahage. Okay. So the Namahage are demon-like beings, similar to the Krampus run, they and similar to uh, the the Toron. Yeah. You dress up as them. Okay. So the Namahage are demon-like beings portrayed by men wearing uh, oni masks, big oni masks, and traditional straw capes during a New Year's festival. So these frightfully dressed men are impersonating oni demons, and they're armed with the Deba knives, although they're usually fakes. Okay. <laughs> they're not actual real knives that they're running around with. And toting a teoke, which is a hand pail made of wood. They march in pairs or in threes, and they go door to door making rounds to people's houses, admonishing children who may be guilty of laziness or bad behavior, uh, yelling phrases like, are there any crybabies around? Or are there na- naughty kids around? <laughs> Which I think is so funny because you... Because let me show you an image of these guys. So imagine being a child. You hear a bang on your door and then these guys come in. Oh my god! <laughs> and they're like, are you being a crybaby this year? <laughs> I feel like I would cry just from seeing that. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so that is the Namahage, which sounds really funny and yeah. dope, to be yeah. honest, um, because they have these, like, huge oni masks, and they're, like, demon-y, and they're, like, yeah. painted red, and, yeah, yeah, just really cool. Yeah. I, I love Japanese aesthetic, is, yeah. like, traditional Japanese aesthetic is so cool sometimes. Yeah. Asian folklore in general is just, like, mm-hmm. such a different beast. Yeah, 100%. Anyway. Okay, so... That's the Japanese equivalent. Now we have... Jesus Christ, why did I pick all these creatures that I can't pronounce their names? This is the Greek version. Okay, let me see. <laughs> Kalikansaros. Kalikansaros? Yeah. Kan- no, Kalikansaros. 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 Yeah. Kalikansaros. Which sounds like I'm speaking Spanish. Kalikansaros. But... That's the only way I know how to pronounce things. Okay. So, that is, they are a malevolent creature in Greek folklore. Stories about the Kalikansaros or its equivalents can typically be found in Greece, Bulgaria, Turkey, Serbia, Albania, Bosnia, and Cyprus. They're believed to dwell underground, but come to the surface during the 12 days of Christmas, a.k.a. from the winter solstice for a fortnight during which the time seizes its seasonal movement. So they believe that the sun stopped during the 12 nights of Christmas. 12 Mm. days of Christmas. Mm. So, they stay underground, sawing the trunk of the tree that holds the earth so that it will collapse along with the earth. So they're they're malevolent and they're trying to destroy the earth, right? Mm. When the final part of the trunk is about to be sawed, Christmas dawns and the um, Kalikans the Kansaros are able to come to the surface. They forget about the tree and they come to bring trouble to the mortals. And on the Epiphany, which is the 6th of January, the sun starts moving again and they must return underground to continue their sawing. So, during their absence from their tree sawing, the tree has healed itself and then they gotta start working again and all over again and it's an annual thing. So... That's basically the legend of them. They're underneath the ground, 
they're sawing, and then suddenly it's Christmas, and then they come up, make mischief, and then, oh no, the tree healed itself, we gotta saw again. So, there's no standard description for the appearance of Calicansaros. Um, there are regional variations as to how their appearance is described, but the most common belief is that they are small black creatures uh, in humanoid form, apart from long black tails, and they're said to resemble little black devils. So let me show you a picture. Here's, here he is. Well, shit. Yeah, they're, they're creepy <laughs> yeah. little guys. They're like, go they're basically the equivalent of Greek goblins, yeah. you know, type. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> the reason I was looking at a bunch of stuff while you're talking is, <laughs> uh, a lot of Greek words are just like, it's like German where, uh, it means the literal thing. Well, not necessarily oh. little literal thing, but like sometimes there are really long words where it's like. Um, every, sometimes there are words that are basically just seven words smushed together. <laughs> and, uh, I was trying to refresh myself on what Kansaros was. I can't find Kansaros. Admittedly, I'm looking in the Greek New Testament and Xenophon's and Abbasis, so, you know. <laughs> um, but everything I'm seeing for, for Kalos or Kali is, like, beautiful, pretty, very well. Um, oh, well, that's not accurate. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe it's not pretty, not beautiful, not very well. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I'm looking at the wrong roots. Uh, let me know. Dreamin.podcast at gmail.com. Anyway. Um, so, um, so yeah, they're little small humanoid-esque little goblin creatures. Um, and they're also mostly blind, speak with the lisp, and love to eat frogs, worms, and other small creatures, apparently. Okay. Um, I have more about them, though. Okay. They are creatures of the night. Okay. And according to folklore, there are many ways people could protect themselves during the days when they were loose. So one method is to leave a colander on the doorstep to trick the visiting, visiting Calicansaros. It was believed that since it could not count above two, since three was a holy number, um, it couldn't, if it pronounced it, it would kill itself. The Calicansaros would sit at the doorstep all night, counting each hole of the colander until the sun arose and it was forced to hide. Oh. Similar to the hole with the vampire, you put the, um, what's it, the rocks out or something oh, yeah. that they have to um, count? The beans? Yeah, beans yeah. or lots of tiny things. Yeah. So, another supposed method of protection was to leave the fire burning in the fireplace all night so that they could not enter through it. Okay. Um, and in some areas, people would throw foul-smelling shoes into the fires as the stench was uh, believed to repel the calicansado. Okay. Calicansado-y. Yeah. Calicansado-y. So, <laughs> I guess uh, that's the, the plural. plural. Uh, the nominative plural is usually omega iota or omicron iota, so it's literally oi. Ah. Yeah. Um, Additional ways to keep them away include marking one's doors with a cross, a black cross on Christmas Eve, and burning incense. And this is so funny to me because James was born um, January 5th, so he okay. was born within in the 12 days of Christmas. Okay. And according to legend, um, any child born during the 12 days of Christmas is in danger of transforming into a Kalikansaro during each Christmas season. But... You can you can make sure it doesn't happen um, because 
The antidote to prevent this transformation is to bind the baby in tresses of garlic or straw or to singe the child's toenails. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if this is a repeated thing that they do it every like Christmas. every year or like <laughs> or, long, yeah. But I told James that and he did not seem very pleased about the idea that he would have to um, burn his toes. Burn his toes. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Great. That's his fault yes. for being born in the 12 days of Christmas. Good grief. All right. Yeah. All now, right. those are, base, those are the, the basic Krampus equivalents okay you so now i have the three little shout outs so you had texted me um that i should talk about la befana okay which is the italian folklore yeah right so i looked her up and she's not necessarily a krampus equivalent but she is kind of like a three kings equivalent okay if yeah that makes sense. yeah so she, in Italian folklore, the La Befana is an old woman or witch who delivers gifts to children throughout Italy, um, similar to Santa Claus or the Three Magi Kings. Hmm. So in popular folklore, the Befana visits all the children of Italy on the eve of the Feast of the Epiphany to fill their socks with candy and presents if they are good or a lump of coal or dark candy if they are bad. Okay. In many poorer parts of Italy, and particularly rural Sicily, a stick in a stocking was in placed instead of coal. Mm-hmm. And since she's a good housekeeper, many say that she will sweep the floor before she leaves. Um, and some say that the sweeping of the floor symbolizes the sweeping away of the problems of the year. Uh, child's family typically leaves a small glass of wine and a plate with a few morsels of food for the Bafana. And she is usually portrayed as a hag riding a broomstick through the air, wearing a black shawl, and is covered in soot because she enters children's houses through the chimney. Oh. She is often smiling and carries a bag or hamper filled with candy, gifts, or both. Cool. So she is, she's like a Santa Claus type equivalent. More Santa adjacent than Krampus adjacent. Yeah. Which I thought was really cool. But she also has the hints of the three wise men with like leaving the socks like leave, leaving leave the, your footwear up yeah. yeah um there's also like legends that um kind of put her to jesus but that's hmm. i don't know i mean there's yeah, I know. i'm not gonna go into the whole like christian aspect yeah so there were a couple more that i thought you would think were interesting okay. that seemed that were in the page of being related to krampus the first being the wendigo now, I say related in that, obviously, it's not Krampus, but similarities as in different cultures. and. So, we did an episode on the Wendigo about did, a year ago. With Devin. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I'm just not seeing how it's close. I know. This is, this is very loosely related. Yeah. But basically, it's because it's an evil winter spirit. Okay. Um, this is an American. This is uh, the folk. This is from the Great, the Plains and the Great Lakes natives, as well as some First Nations. But it's basically this uh, spirit of starvation of body and soul, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Yeah. So the only similarities f- that I can think of is that it is a evil spirit type that comes out in winter Mm. and it's like has humanoid characteristics Mm. um 
But other than that, obviously, it is a way darker... Yeah. <laughs> way darker yeah. than Krampus. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to shout that out because I yeah. knew you did an episode yeah. on it. Yeah. And then the uh, another related figure is the Goatman, <laughs> 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 which makes sense. Uh, according to Urban Legend, goat cr- uh, it's a creature resembling a goat-human hybrid, um, often credited with canine deaths and purported to take refuge in the woods of Prince George's County in Maryland. Oh, so kind of near us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We should do an episode on that. Yeah. Oh. Or uh, Buddy Man Bridge. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, we could do, honestly, we could easily do a Goatman episode where we actually go to... Goatman Bridge. Yeah. Halloween Goat Special is... 2024. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway. Um, um, so, and those are basically, like, all the, rela- like, Krampus and Krampus-related and culture, similar culture sphere yeah. of... All right. Christmas tide. Hooray! Yeah. Uh, so if you made it to listening to this episode live on the day it drops, uh, glad you survived Christmas because this mm-hmm. is dropping the twenty sixth. We're batch recording because we also want to like spend time with uh, our families yes. and stuff. Um, but celebrate yeah. our own Christmases. <laughs> if you want to help uh, finance Christmas twenty twenty four for our families, uh, <laughs> or if you enjoyed our uh, enjoyed us at all this year, uh, absolute best way to support us patreon.com slash dreary midnight and um oh yeah because this is also the last episode of the year yeah uh, so we'll <laughs> so we'll see you in 2024 we'll um, oh my god what a, and it's hey i survived yeah. a year of yes this podcast yay yay full calendar year all right um so <laughs> patreon.com slash dreary midnight is absolute best way to support us very close second is rate, review, subscribe, anywhere on the internet. It really does help us with the algorithm. And um, if you have ideas, uh, questions, comments, photos, stories, fears, hopes, dreams, email <laughs> us in uh, drearymidnightpodcast at gmail.com. And all of our music is licensed through Epidemic Sound. I will leave a link and whichever uh, songs we used in the description of this yes. episode. I'm should be saying it more out loud, but... Uh, <laughs> it's okay, And um, with all that said... Twelve nights... The twelve nights of Christmas are not over by the time this recording yes, comes out. Yes, we'll be on night two. So you should still make sure that you're behaving. Yes. Like some of these creatures, they um, don't... They're still around. Yeah, they're still around. <laughs> they're not going to play. Keep your colanders handy. And <laughs> <laughs> save travels home on this dreary midnight. Good night. Good night. Jimmy's gonna be so mad. <laughs> well, we gave him plenty opportunities yes. to come on the show, and he's yeah. just too busy for us, apparently. Damn it, Jimmy. We should be the number one priority in everyone's lives. <laughs> yeah. Especially Jimmy's. Who cares about the holiday season? <laughs> <laughs> anyway.